everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison. My name's Mike. Hi, Mike. Hey, uh, good afternoon to you. How you doing? I'm doing well. Good. How um, are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. We're a couple podcast, being two of us. Mm-hmm. That couple is two. Every Sunday, we come out with a brand new true crime episode. Mm-hmm. Take turns. Usually, I'd say you do 80% of the stories. Yeah, I definitely 85. wouldn't say take turns. Yeah, well, I mean, at some point, I do take a turn. Yes. So, you know, even like if we were on a swing... And, you know, I always had to push you on the swing all the time. And then you'd be like, well, we're still taking turns. You get to go like once out of the ten. That's true. Like that's something you would do because you enjoy that. <laughs> you enjoy the swings and all that those sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, we're a couple that tells you stories um, every Sunday. So um, come join us. Thank you for joining us. Thank today. you for being here. Yeah, we appreciate it. And um, before we get started here, I want to read uh, one of the uh, most recent reviews. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review. And uh, we've had a ton of traffic from Spotify. So I don't know if it's because we're talking about them, but Spotify, 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening from wherever you're you're coming from here. But uh, one of the more recent uh, reviews here, a, uh, I'm not going to say a name just in case, but on this one here, it says, uh, my go-to while I work. I'm so glad I stumbled across your podcast. Now my favorite. Thank you, guys. Aw, so sweet. And you're welcome. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. I just got a message on Instagram. Uh, if you have any you know, case suggestions, go ahead and shoot us a message on Instagram. I'm on that thing pretty much every day. Um, would we say you're on the gram? I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm like 43, so I wouldn't try to say anything cool. <laughs> no. I think it's safer just to not say anything. <laughs> just say the proper thing. And, uh, you know, I might even say the Instagram, you know, that's the kinda, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go ahead and shoot over the uh, Instagram. I believe the kids call it. Send us a message. And I, I was talking to somebody. They're like, yeah, I just found you guys. Um, I, what I do, I go around and kind of follow different people that look like they're into true crime just to introduce them to us. And um, yeah, a lot of them follow and listen. So thank you for doing so. Yeah. And we were talking to our daughter today. We take long walks on Saturday mornings. That's like our typical routine. And we were like, the people that, you know, follow us and communicate with us are just like the nicest people. Yeah. It's truly amazing what a sweet community we have around us. And, and I feel very grateful for that. And if I'm replying something like, you're delightful or you're fantastic, I truly mean it. Like, mm-hmm. thanks so much. It actually lifts our hearts a little bit. Yes, so. indeed. So and what is up with you, sir? Well, um, you know, I was thinking about something I'd like to talk about. And I think number one would probably be that I know everything I'm getting for Christmas. Oh, I'd my. Mike is a real son of a bitch. I am telling you, I, my heart rate sped up when I was at work. I think it was Thursday you messaged me. And I'll let you tell the rest. But for what I was doing, I was on our banking app and just looking through. Because, you know, Christmas is a time where there could be some fraud happening. Or and, it could be a time that your spouse is buying you gifts. Right. So I do see plenty, like plenty of Amazon. So it was like Amazon 20, 20, 20, 20, like whatever, just because it's different gifts for different people. And it's coming to the store, to the front doorstep. That's totally fine. But um, I see one that's, can I say? Sure, you could say it. Okay, so I I, I was like, um, it was goat.com, or I, I forgot the other name of it, but I was like, it was like a lot of money. And I was like, whoa, um, not thousands or anything. Under- 200 and okay. something. Okay, I <laughs> didn't want to say exactly. A lot of money. Well, a lot of money. I don't like spending 250 <sighs> bucks at a I, time. You cannot win with this guy. I will tell you this <laughs> so, right now. Anyways, it flashes to me because we don't spend a lot of $250. But at Christmas thing. time, we might. Meh, rarely. I mean, twice, three yeah, times. It's maybe. not often. Yeah, Like yeah. you said, most of our gifts are around 20-ish, but... Like, we know. have friends that spend thousands on each other. Like, we de- are definitely not, not We are group. not in that category. So, um, you know, I see 250 from goat.com. I'm like, what in the hell is goat.com? Like, a feed store for chickens or something? And I go to it, and it's like sneakers so like sneaker heads i'm like okay so somebody probably stole the debit card and are buying themselves some sneakers and they shipped so i'm like well you know i'm gonna text allison just in case hun 
Have you ever bought anything at goat.com? And my response was, why do you have to ruin everything? I believe there was a son of a bitch thrown in. Yeah, I think there was a son of a bitch thrown in. And I was just, I came down from my meeting and my my ICU rounds at work. And I was like, I cannot win with my husband. I cannot buy him anything. I said, I'm going to have to have my friends buy his gifts and then just give them cash. You could have put it on your own credit card. I just, I didn't think about it. I just purchased it. Or you could have lied. You could have said it was for my cousin's husband or something. Yeah, or my I, knew, I knew you weren't going to believe it. No, because I'm not a sneakerhead or anything. So like, you know, sneakerheads, there's those guys or girls that collect sneakers and they like put them up in their rooms and stuff and never touch them or never wear them. Like there's really only one pair of Air Jordans I've ever wanted in my whole life. So I have a pretty good indication that that might be what they are. But. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. I'm not going to explain them because just in case she got the wrong ones and then she's going to feel bad and I'm going to look like an animal. There are a couple of surprises you do not know about. Oh, a couple. Yesterday was one. Well, it's two. Okay. And then the other thing, how did I find out about that? Oh, about the gaming monitor that you... Did we talk about that already? No, we haven't talked about it, but it's another big gift that you know about now. Yeah, yeah. He mentioned, Mike mentioned, oh, I'd like a gaming monitor because he plays his stupid ass video games on his computer here. And... (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. And um, so, of course, I messaged his brother because I don't know squat about gaming monitors. He gave me a good suggestion. I purchased it. Of course, the son of a bitch knows about it. I don't want to know what I'm getting for Christmas. Let that be clear. Well, apparently you do. Well, here's the thing. We both use the M or that in that case it was the Walmart app. Um, we have the same account logged in mm-hmm. because it we used them for groceries, and it popped up. It said, "Oh, your monitor is shipped." I was like, "What the hell? What <laughs> monitor? What are you talking about?" I was like, "Oh, well, this is probably a Christmas present." Yeah. So thank you again. again. Could have been on somebody else's account. Whatever. I'm not. I I don't have the time to be messaging Joe Schmo and saying, "Hey, can you purchase this?" And I'm I don't have time for that business. Preferably somebody you know, not you Joe know Schmo. the. The thing is, I want to click a couple buttons and purchase it and be done. Move right. on. Move right. on. Right. So, that's, so, I mean, yeah. So that's basically, fine. Christmas morning isn't going to be as special as it could have been. So thank you. And in my opinion, I think you spent too much on me already. So just stop. It's well, like it's way things too much. that you wanted. It's ironic that it's things he actually wanted. I, and now I'm being told, oh, don't. No, the monitor was more I than enough. I don't care about gifts for me. I only just like to give gifts. Oh, you hate that. You hate that I'm so selfless. You hate it. <laughs> That's one of the things, you know, people list things. That's usually one of those things people love about someone. Mike's faux selfless. Allison's like, That's bullshit. Then I can't be selfish. <laughs> He's just pretending. Yeah. So we're drinking liquid death here today, which we thought would be a good fit for a true crime podcast. Yeah. And if you you have not tried liquid death i highly recommend it and i always feel like we have to say this is not an ad no we're not getting paid by the liquid death makers not yet but my and i just love the name of it the flavor is called bury it alive yeah. so very it, fitting for our it tastes great and i'll tell you since we're not drinking alcohol this uh, holiday season here uh, we made that choice just to kind of do it and see what happens and mm-hmm. it's going great just so be far. healthier yeah and it's a great thing to take you know even if you do enjoy alcohol go ahead and bring a six pack of these liquid deaths because i did that at my fantasy football draft i brought you know six pack of beer and a six pack of the liquid death so i'd have like one between each other so you're staying hydrated you still get to enjoy something delicious and they yeah. come in a tall boy so it's like nice and gives you a lot of liquid for 20 calories yeah and it's 500 milliliters you know depending which is like right around 16 ounces yeah so, not bad for 20 calories. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, not too shabby. So all you right, get you the ready show on the road? Let's yeah. get this going. So, this is the story of Dolly Ostrich, 
which is considered the Batman case. Oh, I did a Spider-Man. You did. Okay. And was that a, a kind of, uh, you know, what got you down that trail? Yeah, it kind of was. But um, Mike presented the case he's referring to on our Patreon. Oh, I did. It was so, good it know. was a good one. I, I mu- I'm going to, again, toot my own horn. I did it last time. That was mm-hmm. a darn good. Not that I came up with the story. No, but, but it was it was very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So hopefully you all find this interesting as well. So on August 22nd, 1922. So we're going uh, pretty far back here. It's mm-hmm. These are always old timey. You know, yeah. any of the, uh, this is the original Batman, Spider-Man, you know, uh, Boogeyman. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yeah. So 100 years ago, neighbors in a Los Angeles neighborhood called police after hearing gunshots. When police arrived, they found homeowner and wife Dolly Ostrich locked in a closet and her husband Fred Ostrich was shot dead on the floor. After questioning Dolly, she told police that a burglar broke in, shot her husband and stole his expensive watch and then fled. Police became suspicious of Dolly. Um, She basically told them like, oh, nothing to see here. We don't we never argue, which if you're married and you never argue. My question is, like, do you talk? Yeah, you probably don't have open lines of communication. Um, when there's, yeah, if it works for you, that's fine. But you're probably not getting to the root cause. Like, yeah. uh, for instance, my parents, they don't really argue. And there's a lot of pent up <laughs> frustration. There. So, you know, police are like, you never argue, really, your husband and wife, and you just never argue. And not to mention, was that like one of the first things that came out of her mouth? She's like, oh, he's dead. We never argue. I don't really know what's going on. Likely. It, you know, police are kind of like, well, we didn't really ask. So mm-hmm. um, why are you bringing this up? So they knew that Fred was a wealthy man, and the detective felt that this could be the motive for murder, but because there wasn't enough evidence, Dolly was released. So if it wasn't Dolly who murdered Fred, or maybe it was, who did it? Sure. It's a whodunit. Mm-hmm. So Dolly was born Walburga Korschel in Whoa. 1880. Walburga Korschel. Mm-hmm. And she just went by the nickname Dolly. I don't blame her. She was born in Germany, though she grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in a community of German immigrants. A lot of Germans in mm-hmm. uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. We uh, came from Chicago, so we know them pretty well. A lot, we of, a lot of bratwurst, a lot of cheese. You know, that, that's the, uh, the Milwaukeeans over there. We did our first anniversary in Milwaukee. We did. Which was fun. So while working... Working in an apron factory at age 12 is what I read. She met Fred William Ostrich, another German immigrant who owned the factory. Dolly was very attractive and vibrant and quickly caught Fred's attention. The two got married when she was 17. Dolly was well-liked amongst the factory workers and often helped resolve any quarrels amongst the employees. And as well-liked as she was, Fred, on the other hand, was not. So Dolly became a housewife while Fred worked long hours, as many business owners will. When he wasn't working, he was often drunk, and Dolly felt that her husband wasn't meeting her needs. In the fall of 1913, 33-year-old Dolly called Fred at the factory to complain that her sewing machine wasn't working. He promised to send a repairman to the house. So he sent 17-year-old Otto uh, Sanhuber. So Otto was an employee of Fred's. He repaired the factory sewing machines because, of course, it's an apron factory. There's a lot of sewing happening. So he was their repairman. So perfect person to send to the house or maybe not. So he came to the house to fix sew- um, Dolly's sewing machine. He found Dolly wearing only a robe, stockings, and a heavy spritz of perfume. Wow, that's kind of hot. 
like mm-hmm. super hot. You should try that sometime. Yeah, maybe just and, a little hint. And Christmas all my free gift. time when the the children aren't around, which is like never. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it takes a lot of time to take your clothes off and put on a robe. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't even have asked. And what, about like that. gallop around our room? No, no. I mean, it's about 45 seconds. I'm so I'm so <laughs> sorry to suggest that. I'm so sorry. A lingerie hooey. So this Otto Sanhuber, he's 17 years old. He's you said? 17, and she is 33 at the Ooh, time. Ooh, that is hot. This is 1913. Yeah. So. If you can guess where this went, an affair quickly began. Um, also, I'd like to say, obviously, he's underage. So, sorry, I didn't mean that. I'm just kind of... No, I... Yeah, and I don't even know what the laws were back yeah. in, in this probably, time. Probably perfectly acceptable this time. Maybe. So, instead of fixing the sewing machine, he played a little game of hide the pickle in Dolly's. <laughs> Did you write that in your thing? Hide no. the pickle? Okay. Because that is a German <laughs> thing. Uh, hide the pickle in the in the tree. Oh, is it? I thought it was Italian. Oh, well, Italian or German, one of those things. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's German, though. We'll, we're going to look it up. It's called like Kirkza Pickles. Uh, okay. You know, whereas well, you, you hide the pickle in the Christmas tree, the kid's got to go find it. He so hid the pickle in Dolly's. Otto's hiding the pickle in Dolly's Christmas tree. In, in her Christmas tree, yes. Okay. So at the beginning of their affair, the couple was very discreet. They were careful, and they tried to keep the relationship under wraps, only meeting at hotels. But soon they grew tired of making the effort to meet outside the home, and they decided to change their unions to a much easier location, which just so happened to be the ostrich home, specifically Dolly and Fred's marital bed. Mm. So it didn't take neighbors very long to notice that a strange man was hanging around their home. Dolly told them that Otto was her vagabond half-brother. So fearing that they were drawing too much attention... Like, don't they talk to Fred, too, and be like, hey, uh, the half-brother's in town quite a bit, I see. I guess they didn't. Hmm. No. Okay. So they were, you know, catching on to the fact that people were noticing that Otto, the half-brother vagabond, was coming around a lot. So Dolly began to form a plan. She proposed that Otto move into the attic of the ostrich home, knowing that Fred never ventured up there. In her mind, it was the perfect solution. She could continue her steamy affair with Otto, and no one had to be the wiser. Plus, it's a little like risky and a little hot, and it's like, oh, my boyfriend's living right upstairs. You have no idea, you right. a-hole. Like, you don't care about me. You just want to work. So as soon as you leave, he's going to work on me. Yeah, literally. And you know how it is like that excitement and the risk of it all is kind of what leads to the desire. Yeah. And we have none of that going on right now. It's just dead. Yeah. It's dead around here. <laughs> <laughs> we joke. We joke. So Otto never being spotted coming or going. But Dolly caught him coming. Whoa, Allison. <laughs> hey, Holy cow. That is not like you. So Otto had little to no family. So his disappearance wasn't noticed and he quit his job at the factory. So he basically took this as his full time job. I mean, literally, he's... His job was to bang That's, chick? yes. Dolly? Entirely, yes. So was he getting paid for it? No. I imagine Dolly could probably give him some money with no. Fred having a decent income. He was living there for free, and, you know, everything was being provided for him, At but... At that point, like, that's all you need, really, is a place to stay and some food. But, you know, he's a teenager that's giving up his job to make this his, like, full-time career. He was, like, at Dolly's beck and call, basically. So, um... Excuse me. Uh, So he was spending all of his time hiding in the attic or time with Dolly, depending if Fred was home or not. And again, I did mention he did work long hours. Right. So I think they had 
ample opportunity to frolic together in the home. Yeah, like all day. I mean, she sees Otto more than she sees her own husband. She does. So in 1930, the LA Times reported that he grew to love Dally as a boy loves his mother, which I found to be very disturbing and likely not true. Kind of an interesting way of describing it. I I mean, why would he be sleeping with her if she, he loved her like his mother? Oh, I love you like my mom. Ugh. It's very creepy. <laughs> That's so gross. So because of the odd arrangements... Um, I mean, he she is double his age. Yeah, she's so. a lot older. And you know... He's probably enamored by her. Yeah, and that's why it's illegal to have sex with kids under 18, because they could be so easily manipulated. Right. Because this is like the best thing ever, you know? He doesn't know any better. He's just, you know, some horny 17-year-old mm-hmm. that just, you know, sees this beautiful chick that wants him so bad, and it's racy and hot, and it's, you know... It's, but it's not right. Yeah. So because of the odd arrangement, Otto was basically a prisoner of his hideaway. While in the attic, the teenager passed time time writing stories that he hoped would someday be published. The Los Angeles Times wrote, At night he read mysteries by candlelight and wrote series of adventure and lust. By, by day he made love to Dolly Ostrich, helped her keep house, and made bathtub gin. So that's basically, that was his life. Hmm. Dolly provided Otto with a weekly supply of books to keep him quiet and entertained when Fred was home. The room was equipped with a cot and a desk, and Otto had many hours to focus on his dream of writing. Fred ever wonder why there's gin constantly being made while he's uh, gone? I have a feeling they really tidied up before Fred came home. Well, that stuff's got to ferment for a while. So maybe Dolly's like, I just like making gin now. Perhaps. Not that she can't, so yeah. And Fred enjoyed drinking, so maybe he was just pleased. He's like, oh, Dolly, thanks for creating gin. Yep. So basically what Otto was interested in was writing for pulp magazines. Is that a familiar term to you? Well, pulp fiction. Yes. So that the movie. Obviously, I knew the name of the movie, but I didn't know where it came from. So pulp magazines were 10 cent fiction magazines that were published from 19 or I'm sorry, 1896 to the late 1950s. The magazines got their names from the cheap wood pulp paper that they were printed on and eventually were dubbed Pulp Fiction. I never knew that. So kind of like just cheap, racy, um, Mm -hmm. kind of quick stories. Mm -hmm. So Fred would occasionally hear noises from the attic. He would notice that some of his cigars had gone missing and felt that he was imagining seeing strange shadows passing his bedroom on some nights. Hmm. So this situation went on for five years. Holy cow, that is a long time. I expected five months, maybe. Five years. Well, and I mean, at this point, Otto's got to be so comfortable in the house that he's never been caught. And I'm sure he goes down to the fridge, you know, at nighttime because mm-hmm. Fred probably goes to sleep and, you know, he's so drunk. Yeah, and I would assume they must have kept some sort of like bucket upstairs so that Otto could use that as a restroom. Right. Because, you know, if he couldn't get downstairs to use the restroom... Uh, it's yeah. what you got to do. But you're always thinking the bathroom. Always. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm always hydrating. I'm like, I really don't have to use it maybe once a day. <laughs> well, that's because you're a camel. Yeah. So this went on again for five years until now we're moving on to 1918. So Fred threw a curveball and suggested that they sell their Milwaukee home and move to L.A. Dolly took charge of the situation. She took it all in stride and she found them a house with an attic, of course, overlooking Sunset Boulevard and Lafayette Park Place. Wow. She sent 22-year-old Otto there early, and, you know, he went ahead of them, and by the time they came to move into the house, Otto was waiting for her when she arrived, 
already fully settled into his new attic home. Oh my gosh. And so it's interesting that it was five years and they're still into each mm-hmm. other. I know. You know, like usually those things kind of trail off. Sure. And it's like, okay, I, let's, this is crazy. We can't do this anymore. But I guess they were both just content and it yeah. just became their normal. their normal routine. So their arrangement continued on as per usual for four more years. Holy cow. That is a long running relationship. Yep. And now they're in living in LA. So we're moving on to August 22nd, 1922. And this is where our story began. So after their move to LA, Dolly and Fred's, ma- Fred's marriage began to deteriorate, deteriorate, easy for me to say, and their arguments began to intensify, sometimes even becoming violent, Fred drinking more and more. On August 22nd, Dolly and Fred came home from an outing and they were arguing. As the fight escalated, Otto could hear them and he feared for Dolly's life. He rushed down from his attic hideaway to protect his lover and with him he carried two 25 caliber guns. Ooh. Fred quickly recognized his former employee and flew into a rage. I'm sur- sure he was like extremely confused. Yeah, confused and also like it, as soon as it came together he's like, "Whoa, you're live you're in my house?" Like and then it's like all come together these shadows I've seen and it's like, "Oh my god." And Crazy. not to mention Fred knows Otto from Milwaukee. Right. I mean, they're living across the country at this point, and there's a blast from the past. His sewing machine repairman that was from Milwaukee. Yeah. So I'm sure his head was just like spinning I when mean, Otto bust into the room. You can't initially think, well, he's been living with us for 10 years. You got to think, uh, you know, they just had a fling and whatever. He's here. Yeah, but it would be very jarring. Yeah. So again, Fred is flying into a rage and the two scuffled and the guns went off, shooting Fred three times in the chest and he was killed instantly. Wow. So Otto and Dolly had to think quickly. The two formulated a plan because they knew that neighbors were close by. They would have either heard the yelling and or the gunshots. So Dolly knew that the police would be en route soon, and they concocted this plan. So Dolly gave Otto Fred's diamond watch from his wrist, as well as all the cash from the bedroom. Otto locked Dolly into the closet from the outside. He took the key with him and scurried back up to the attic to hide from the arriving police. And he had the the watch, the money, the pistols, everything was upstairs with him in the attic. Well, and I mean, he's probably safe for the initial search, you know, but after... Yeah, when they once they have investigators coming, he's probably not as safe, is what no, I'm thinking. We'll see. Yeah. So this is when Dolly explained that a burglar had shot her husband, stole the watch, locked her into the closet, and fled. Again, detectives weren't entirely buying her story. They were very strongly sp- suspicious that she was involved in Fred's murder. I wonder why. But there was no evidence because I guess if you're a good detective, those like we've mentioned in other podcasts, those radar beams like kind of come up like mm, how she's acting, it's, the demeanor, yeah. the way she's telling the story. You know, it's it's hard to say how people are going to act in panic situations such as this, but something just didn't sit and well what with the, them. What I've read is that 80% of communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. So it's how you're acting, like you said, how you're sitting and the way you're delivering your facts, you know, in air quotes. Yeah, exactly. So again, they're suspicious, but there's no evidence to suggest another conclusion. They really couldn't understand how she would have been able to lock herself into the closet because it's proven that you have to be on the outside somebody locked it 
So with Fred's death, Dolly inherited millions of dollars and quickly purchased another house. Millions at this time. Millions. (laughs) That's a multiple million. That's tens of millions now, Mm -hmm. basically. He was a very successful man. So again, this new house that she's looking at has a spacious attic. Well, I mean, it's not super rare to have an attic. Right, but they're now free. Right. Fred is gone. There's <laughs> nobody to hide from. Well, this is the situation. You got to go in the attic. I guess they were really <laughs> locked into that. Yeah. So despite that she was now a single widower, she and Otto continued their strange arrangement with Otto living in the attic. Wow. He continued to create stories. Now he was able to use a typewriter that he purchased. Apparently, he was making his own money because he was able to sell some of the stories that he had written. Nice. Becoming self-sufficient up there in the attic. Yes. And because Fred wasn't there, he wasn't going to hear the, the clicking of the typewriter. Mm-hmm. So in addition to writing these stories under a pen name, um, Dolly gave him some nickels and dimes, like to for whatever reason. You think she'd give him a little bit more? Right? You would I, think. I mean, it seems like she's keeping him there as a slave, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm gathering as well. Psycho. So again, there was no fear that Fred would hear the tapping of the typewriter's keys. So after a nearly a decade with Otto, this is a long term relationship. Yeah. Dolly began to grow tired of their situation. Okay. Maybe the luster and excitement was fading with the death of Fred because they no longer had to hide. Now free from her marriage, there's a new man coming into the picture, mm-hmm. and his name is Herman S. Shapiro. He was her personal attorney who she hired after she felt that uh, the police were suspecting her of Fred's murder. Mm-hmm. So... He's quickly catching Dolly's eye. Herman, like Fred, was a very busy, career-driven man. He spent many hours away working. While Herman was away, another gentleman caller entered the scene. Dolly likes to get around, huh? Dolly likes her some mans. Yeah, she likes to... uh hide some sausage Mm -hmm. that's good hey she knows what she likes i mean it's not good because it's not ethical but right and there's murder involved in the story yeah yeah you tend to look down it's not just innocent you know flings because if she was a single woman lady do what you will yeah no judgment here but somebody died as a result of these shenanigans so now a third person is entering the picture roy Klum. And he's a businessman and third lover that she bided her time with while Herman was in court and Otto was up in the attic typing away on that typewriter. Wow. So she's got Herman as her main dude. And mm-hmm. then you got Otto that's always the attic guy and probably into his own writing thing, too. Yes. And I'm sure he's starting to lose interest in her, too, a little bit. But mm-hmm. the living situation works and whatever. And then in the meantime, she's got Roy to fill her needs yes figuratively and literally so dolly decided to use roy to help her get rid of one of the guns that was used to murder fred she told roy that it just incidentally remember resembled the burglar's guns she said that she was worried that the police could find it and suspect her of murder well that's when you gotta think uh with your head roy and think uh, you know what? This is probably the murder weapon. Mm-hmm. You would think, but he was using his other head to think. Yeah, yeah. The old uh, penis. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Roy tossed one of the guns into La Brea Tar Pits, leaving Dolly with another gun to dispose of because, of course, Otto busted down with two. Dual wielding, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she, being the sweet talker that she was, spoke with her neighbor and convinced the neighbor to bury the second gun in his backyard. She told him the exact same story that she told Roy. So Dolly eventually broke up with Roy, who now is angry and has been crossed, and he decides to go to the police with his story of the disposal of the gun in the tar pits. Ah. 
Wow, so, that's kind of uh, petty. Police went to the tar pits. They found the gun on July 12, 1923, which was 11 months after the murder. Dolly was taken into custody. Wow. So they found it. Mm-hmm, they oh. found it, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah. They literally pulled it out of the tar. I mean, I picture just, you know, black, just disgusting tar mm-hmm. and, you know, it would be submerged somewhere. Wow. So now newspaper headlines are featuring the story and Dolly's neighbor who do- or put the gun in the backyard is seeing this and he's like, shoot. <laughs> you know, she also asked me to, to put a gun in the ground over here and it's buried right yeah. in my backyard. So he went to the backyard. He dug up the second gun and brought it to police, though neither weapon could be tied to Dolly because of the corrosion that it was exposed to. Ah. They couldn't prove that it was used as the murder weapon. So meanwhile, Dolly was in jail and she's beginning to worry about Otto being in the attic. <laughs> Which to me is kind of absurd because he's a grown man and it's not like he was locked up there. Yeah. He could come down, but... Well, maybe maybe it's one of those where it's just controlling and, you know, yeah. he's like her little boy and mm-hmm. it's like, you can't leave and that's kind of the thing they get off on. So now she's going to Herman and asking him to bring over groceries to the house, tap on the ceiling of the bedroom closet and let this person who's hiding up there, Otto, know that he's able to come out. As she told neighbors, she explained to Herman that Otto was her vagabond half-brother. <laughs> it worked so, once before. Yeah. Why isn't it going to work again? It's, it's sure to work again. I mean, no. those are good words. Somebody says this is my vag- vagabond half-brother, I'm going to believe him because that is a weird thing to make up. It is. And, I mean, why would a person be hiding in your... I'll tell you, our neighborhood, if our neighbor said that right now, I'd be like, huh. Vagamon, I have to Google it real quick. Be like a vagamon. Vagabond. Okay, they move around a lot. Got it. Half brother. Okay, well, they no real relation. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay. okay, good luck. So Herman did as he was asked, and he was met with the pale, thin, and cordial Otto, who was so starved for conversation with another human, specifically another man, that he quickly spilled the truth about the nature of his relationship with Dolly. <laughs> um, yeah, I just see him looking around like, um, yeah, I've been banging Dolly for 10 years, and I killed her husband, and I did it with the guns and whatever. She gives me scraps, nickels mm-hmm. and dimes sometimes, and I have a typewriter. You want so, to read my stories? It was ballsy of, guy. of, you know, Dolly to suggest that Herman go to the house because that can completely blow the cover just as it did. Absolutely. So Herman gave Otto an ultimatum and told him to leave. He said, beat it. So Otto ended up leaving California and fleeing to Canada. With no social skills. Like, poor guy mm-hmm. is, I, I imagine he was like just locked in there. Yeah, he really never met fresh air or sunshine. That's sad. I mean, the guy had, like you said, socially inept because he's been locked in an attic for 10 years and hasn't spoken with anybody in that course of time except for Dolly. And so Otto's moving to Canada. Yes. So Herman got Dolly released on bail and apparently not too bothered with the story of her attic lover, Slave. He moved in with her and all of the charges against Dolly were dropped. At one point, she gave Herman a diamond watch that he recognized as the one that the supposed burglar stole during the night of Fred's murder. Wow. Oh, yeah, because he was the attorney. Yes. Okay. And Herman must have said something to Dolly because she quickly explained it away, saying that she had found it under a window seat cushion. (laughs) I just found this beautiful watch. That's very expensive. Probably started to backtrack like, I don't know, maybe the burglars dropped it. Right. So, you know, it's either way, I don't want to be wearing the watch of your dead husband. And she's getting kind of cocky here. Yeah. Like, why did you give Herman the watch? Well, she just got out of jail, scot free. Yeah. She's getting, you know, arrogance. Yeah. 
So seven years later, now we're moving on to 1930, Dolly's tumultuous relationship with Herman Shapiro came to an end and he moved out. And Otto had coincidentally around this time moved back from Canada to L.A. He promptly went to police with the information. This is when I say he, I mean Herman. Promptly went to police with the information he had gathered about Fred's murder. He's a smart guy. He's an attorney. He does these sort of things all the time. He knows exactly the information that they need. So he's putting the pieces quickly and easily together. So he told the police everything that he knew. This time, warrants were issued to not only Dolly, but also to Otto. And Dolly was charged with conspiracy and Otto with murder. Mm -hmm. So the newspapers were all over this story, as you can clearly see why. Very interesting. Salacious, Uh sexy, racy. It's 1930. This is like a big thing. I'm surprised they could even talk about it. You know, they probably couldn't say half of the stuff that Mm -hmm. actually happened. Because at that point, you couldn't even, you know, I mean, there was no TV. I don't think so. I don't know. You know, then when TV came out, you couldn't have a pregnant woman on TV. And it's like a bunch of things. So the beds, you know, like on I Love Lucy, they had separate beds. Yeah. So this is very racy, very, very taboo, provocative, very provocative, provocative, (laughs) provocative. (laughs) So newspapers called the story the Batman case after learning the details of Otto's living situation and cave-like existence. The defense argued that Otto had been enslaved by Dolly, though on July 1st, he was found guilty of manslaughter, but he was released because the statute of limitations had expired. At the time, the statute of limitations was seven years, and by this time, Eight years had passed since Frank's death. Brilliant. I mean, it sucks. I'm sorry about yeah. Frank's death, but I mean, lucky of Otto, I guess. So 43-year-old Dolly's trial ended in a hung jury, and in 1936, the indictment against her was dropped. So they are both getting away scot-free. Wow. Yes. Otto changed his name to Walter Klein and moved back to Canada. He had a lot of, um, you know, tabloids about him. So it's not like he could be walking around and go unnoticed. Could with his picture and everything. Hence the reason why he changed his name and moved to Canada. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to live a very quiet existence. So he ended up marrying another woman. He eventually did come back to L.A. and he lived the rest of his life privately Dolly stayed in L.A. until her death in 1961 at age 80, less than two weeks after she married her second husband and 30-year companion, Ray Burt Hedrick. So oh, the, nobody we've talked about thus nope, far. No, he's just a guy that she ultimately met. They had a very, very long relationship. Uh, maybe she knew she was dying and wanted it to be her husband before she passed. Yeah. Because again, she married him and then less than two weeks later, she was gone. And he probably inherited all the money. <clears throat> Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe that's why they did it too. And they didn't, you know, she didn't have children. So the story inspired the 1968 movie, The Bliss of Mrs. Blossom, mm. as well as the 1995 movie, The Man in the Attic, which starred Neil Patrick Harris. Oh. And I watched like a trailer for that one. Oh, my gosh. It was like so over the top. Yeah. And in that one, um, he comes down because uh, Dolly's having sex with Fred and he just can't bear to see her, his lover is neil patrick harris otto Ah, uh, yes okay because mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks boyish you know young young and all that yeah so that is the story of the batman case wow 
Interesting. That was really interesting. I, I feel bad. You know, Otto didn't, I mean, he, he obviously knew better than to kill somebody. And he was worried about his lover, you know, with Fred. Yeah. And Fred was probably wasted, and I'm sure wailing on Dolly. Yes. So, I mean, it was kind of maybe self-defense-ish. I um, do believe that Otto was not a bad person. Right. I do not think that he had intentions of killing Fred. I do believe what you just said, that Fred was likely beating the shit out of Dolly, and he came in to defend Dolly, and unfortunately, Fred met his demise. Yeah. it's. Uh, it's I mean, nobody deserves to die, No, I guess. <laughs> um, and maybe, maybe a couple of the people we've talked about, but... We'll leave that out there. Yeah. But, um, so. Yeah. That's that's a really interesting story. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for bringing it to us. You are so welcome. We had a, so now we've got Batman, Spider Man. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll figure out the next one, whatever that might be. Yeah. Maybe Superman. Yeah. Hey, you never know. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you like what you hear and you'd like more bonus episodes, uh, we d- put out a bonus episode every other week. We uh, sure do. Over on Patreon. So go ahead and check the show notes and go click under where it says bonus episodes. And if you sign up for tier one, you get one a month. If you sign up for tier two, you get it every other week. So Exactly. Like you said, you could get as many as three a month. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, the lucky months. I think that happens twice a year. So mm-hmm. um, I want to say thank you to our patrons, Colleen, Lily, Karen, Nadine, Allie, Michael, Kayla, Dominic, Brian, Shannon, Elizabeth, Mandy, uh, Alana, Elena. Sorry. Every time. I got to write it next to you. I'm sorry, Elena. Vivian, Trisha, Lauren, Megan, Jamie, Chastity, Elizabeth, Genevieve, Clara Ann, Emily, Kathy, Ava, Jovi, Eileen, Misty, Rochelle, Destiny, Ellie, Sherry, Melanie, Bettina, Rebecca, and Gabrielle. So many, yeah, so many beautiful names, both male and female. I mean, pretty much the best names in the world are our patrons. That's right. Creme uh, de la creme. Yeah. That's the uh, cream of the crop, I believe. That's right. Rise to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, Betty had a Terminator or I don't know I, I don't know what you're talking about uh, House of Pain I think I was rapping oh still don't know what yeah I can rap don't worry um, so thank you so much for listening we appreciate it and um, yeah come listen to us every Sunday right until next time bye, bye.